Psalm 19. Psalm 19, I'll begin reading in verse 1. You can follow along in your Bible. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day utter a speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as, <clears throat> which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit under the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his heirs? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, thank you that we can... Read your word. First of all, that we have access to your word. How richly blessed we are in that. And then, Lord, that we're able to meet publicly and meet specifically for the purpose of praising you and looking to your word. I thank you for this privilege. And yet, Lord, if it's just up to us we would fail to accomplish your purposes, and that's why we pause right now to ask your Spirit to do the ministry in each of our lives. Lord, you know the truth before us. You know each of our own personal lives and hearts. And so we look forward to what your Spirit will do. We thank you for truth. We thank you for your Word, and we commit our way to you now. In Jesus' name, Amen. <clears throat> you know, there's all the ads that you see. If you'll get this product, it will um, remove your wrinkles. It'll give you youth. It'll make you rich. It will all these things that come out. And it's always a, a great revelation. This new, it's new. And, and boy, if you get a hold of this, it'll be a, a wonderful thing. It will change your life. And so we read about these revelations, and yet we come back and say, yeah, right, 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 you know. How many people have been taken on those and 
they say, well, a fool's born every second, right? Maybe it's a little faster than that these days. But um, at any rate, what we find in Psalm 19 are some promises given and some revelations that our attention is called to. And in this, he promises that if you make this a vital part of your life, it will bring restoration to your soul It will give you wisdom. It will produce great joy in your life. It will help you to see things clearly. And um, it will never, ever pass away. And we say, yeah, 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 that sounds too good to be true on one hand. Or on the other, our familiarity makes us say, yeah, 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 of course we know that's God and Yeah, I understand all that. Well, in Psalm 19, the psalmist wanted us to clearly understand the revelations that God has given. And in the first six verses, he deals with the revelation of creation. That that's what he brings up. And he talks about, if you will just stop and look, and we we looked at this when we looked at Psalm 8, but the heavens, if you'd take time to look at the heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God. And His firmament, all that He created there, shows His handiwork. Every day, every day, God is sending forth His message, His speech. It says in verse 2, and every night He shows forth knowledge. And it spans all languages. It is seen no matter where you are on the face of the earth. And um, then he calls attention specifically to the sun and the strength of the sun. And he said, all of creation is a revelation of God. And the Bible tells us throughout many of the Psalms and throughout the Bible that God merely spoke and the worlds came into existence. He didn't have to raise a finger. He didn't have to plan all these things. He spoke and the world came into existence. As I said, we, we alluded to some of these things when um, we went through Psalm 8. But I want to play a little clip of a video here um, that, that kind of puts into perspective the first six verses in regard to the sun, in regard to um, who we are and um, how big God is and how small we are. You know, life takes on a bigger effect than... It really is. And we need to be brought to see the reality of this. So um, I think they, they have it ready. Is that? Um, that one right there. There we go. We are here tonight. There. 
There we go. That's good. Thank you. Three million miles away, which is what we are right now. And then we read that God just breathes out stars. It's crazy to think about it. A million times the size of the earth. So here's a little perspective that sort of changed my life. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, okay, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. Okay, that didn't seem to move anybody either. So let me try it a different way. Let me just try it just a different way. I thought I might need this, so I brought a golf ball, okay? So all through the evening, this is going to represent Earth, all right? So this is where we are. I need everybody in the building to look as closely as you can and find yourself, okay? And when you've found yourself, I want you to nod your head so that I know you've located you on the Earth, okay? You're nodding your head? Okay, you found yourself. If the Earth were a golf ball, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. That's not 15 feet in diameter. Can we blow that up just a hair and maybe give them 15 feet in diameter? So here's a little perspective for you, okay? Is this working for anybody? Here we are on the Earth, and that's the sun. It's so big. It's so big, you could put... 960,000 Earths inside the sun. So if the Earth were a golf ball and the, and the sun were 15 feet in diameter, you could put 960,000 golf balls inside that 15-foot diameter sun. That's enough golf balls, by the way, because I know that seems like a big number, to fill a school bus with golf balls could fit inside the 15-foot diameter sun. It's a massive star, and it's one of hundreds of billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy, our cul-de-sac in the neighborhood called the cosmos that God has made. I love science, and science has just brought us the largest star they've found. It's called, are you ready for this, Canis Majoris. Now, I'm no linguist, but that's a cool name for the biggest star we've found so far. I think that means the big dog star, and that's exactly what it is. I bring it to you as a little bitty purple, you know, glow just to the right of center there. But Canis Majoris, oh, wow. If the earth were a golf ball, Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest. Almost six miles above sea level, the highest point on the planet, and I just dare you to get up there and unzip the parka and pull out your golf ball. You could fit seven quadrillion Earths inside Canis Majoris. That's enough Earths if the Earth were a golf ball to cover the entire state of Texas in golf balls 22 inches deep. Do you see the one you're on? Maybe this will help a little bit more. This absolutely blew my mind. Just a little journey through our solar system. Everyone knows our planets and sort of how we fit in to the story here. You see really quickly that we're not even the biggest deal in our own solar system, but as Earth comes by, you have to know tonight that we are living on a privileged planet. Anyone would tell you we're living at one of the most special places, if not the most special place in all of creation. But Neptune comes by and Saturn and then Jupiter, and you're like, okay, we're not all that big, even in our own little cul-de-sac.
But just notice the blue dot fading away is not the earth. That's Neptune. The earth has gotten too small to see anymore. Sirius comes by. Little plug for satellite radio. Not the biggest star, but the brightest star that we have found so far. Pollux, which we didn't mention. Arcturus. Such a beautifully named one, Regal. But then the one that messed me up. star Musifi. Musifi's cousin Wcfi. And Canis Majoris. And do you know that you couldn't come up here right now with a sharpie? And make a mark on the screen that would approximate the size of our sun. You couldn't even do it. I mean, when you look at these and their relative size, we just have to put a little arrow over there that says, if you could put the sun on here, which you can't, it would go somewhere about here. And um, can you hang on that for me? And when you see this, I don't know what happens to you, but I'll tell you what happens to me. A shrinking feeling comes over me, and it's not a bad shrinking feeling. It's a good shrinking feeling. Because sin... It has a a way of shrinking God down in our minds and puffing us up in our own estimation. But just a glance into the universe that God has made resizes everything in a heartbeat. And you realize tonight we are worshiping an unrivaled, uncontested God of all kind of might and power and glory and awe who is, there's none like Him anywhere in all of creation tonight. The psalmist wanted us to get a little glimpse of this. And the more we learn, the greater God gets. I mean, just in the last number of years have we been able to see um, the comparison and see how big all these creations are. But this was like the beginning act to the main show, the psalmist said. In essence, he said, anybody knows, you look at creation, to every design there is a designer. And the creation shows the the mightiness of God, and, and that's our Savior. But he goes in and then he deals with the second revelation, if you please, the revelation of the Word of God. And beginning in verse 7 through verse 9, he lists characteristics of the Word of God. Creation is a revelation of God, but that isn't enough. God then revealed His Word because it's through His Word that we learn about His nature Through His Word, we learn about our nature. Through His Word, we learn about His holiness. Through His Word, we learn about our sin. Through His Word, we learn about salvation and forgiveness of sin. Creation doesn't tell us all that. Creation tells us, wow, what an awesome, great, 
overwhelming God we have. But then immediately the psalmist shifts gears and he uses different terms that are all descriptive of the Word of God. And he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Or the law of the Lord is perfect and it restores the soul. He's talking, every one of these is in reference to the Word of God. And he says, the Word of God lacks nothing, but more importantly, it possesses everything. It is comprehensive, it is flawless, it is the set of instructions completely sufficient for any man to have his soul restored. See, the problem that we have is we are born into this world with a broken and shattered and damaged soul. And it needs to be restored. And the only thing that will restore it is the Word of God. Because it's the Word of God that tells us that we are a sinner and have fallen short of the glory of God. It's the Word of God that tells us Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty, take my place, take my penalty, take my death, so that I could have forgiveness of sin and my soul be restored. I don't care what you do for an individual. You may lift them out of poverty. You may give them a job. You may give them health, but until they come to know Jesus Christ as Savior, they are damaged goods and their soul needs restored. And it is the Word of God, the law of the Lord. First Peter says, being born again by the Word of God. If you want your inner person totally transformed, it can only happen through the work of the Word of God, and only the Word of God can transform a person. So the first characteristic, he said, the law of God is perfect and it restores the soul. Then he says in verse 7, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It is sure in that it is God giving his 